Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Podcast. I'm Patrick Greif. And I'm Alex McGlynn. And today we're going to talk about five things we learned from MPI Florida's in virtual event. Yep. So very quickly, for those of you who don't know, MPI stands for Meeting Professionals International. It is an organization um, built around the idea that uh, the best way for meeting professionals to grow and learn is through uh, networking and community and professional networks. So uh, it is broken into local chapters. So we are part of the Potomac chapter of Potomac, Maryland. Um, and there are local chapters spread out uh, throughout the United States and Canada and some internationally. And those small local chapters roll up into regional chapters uh, like the Florida and virtual crew. Um, and then there is obviously the, the nationwide MPI or I guess worldwide MPI network as yep. well. So they have a really great uh, system where they have small local meetups and events, they have more regional events, and then they also have more national or semi-national, uh, larger regional events uh, as well. It's a really great community, we can't say enough about it, we love being a member, um, they're great. The people uh, down in um, Florida were amazing to work with. Fair um, Par uh, well, Fair also Paragon Events. Yeah, yeah Paragon Events uh, helped facilitate the whole thing. They were a great partner as well. Uh, so again, shout out to the folks in the MPI Florida chapters as well as the folks over at Paragon. You're all amazing. Uh, we had a ton of fun working on InVirtual. InVirtual is one of those regional events uh, that uh, all of the Florida chapters hosted together and some of the other southeastern chapters joined in as well, I believe. Uh, so there's a really great group of people that came together to share knowledge, uh, learn about industry trends, and uh, put plans together for what is uh, what's coming next and how they can combat uh, some of these rapid changes that have been happening in the uh, the events industry. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to highlight um, a quick five, uh, five things that we learned specifically from working with MPI um, Florida chapters on on producing this in virtual event. Uh, one of the things that we're hearing most of all from a ton of our customers is like, how did it work? Why was it successful? What was the deal? Um, and we feel like this is a case study that is really worth presenting that info because they did a great job. So number one, go. Yeah, also before I say number one, it's not just us saying they did a good job. Everyone I've spoken to that attended has rave reviews and felt like they learned a lot and feel like they had some really amazing takeaways. Uh, and since we were lucky enough to be a part of the event, we figured we should highlight some of the things that uh, we heard worked. So first, this is, you're going to hear me say this a lot uh, throughout the rest of our podcast, and you've probably heard me a lot say this a lot over the previous 89 of them if you're a regular listener. Uh, communication, 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 communication wins. If you're not communicating, you're not, you're setting yourself up for failure. So the one thing the first thing that MPI did is set a strong bedrock for consistent communication over multiple communication mediums. They sent emails, they sent uh, messages through their internal system, they sent messages over the virtual event platform, they reached people in dozens of different, uh, dozens of different ways through a couple of key communication channels, through social media, things like that, to make sure that everyone that was attending their event knew exactly what they were getting themselves into, knew exactly what was going to be available to them, knew exactly how to access the events platform, and were told one, two, maybe three times what the agenda or run of show was going to be so that they knew exactly how to prepare uh, and what tracks they wanted to be a part of and when they needed to tune in and when they could tune out to go back to you know the regularly scheduled programming of virtual office uh, work. So again, communicate. You gotta, they also 
they also didn't do just a good job of communicating with their uh, with their virtual attendees. They also did a really good job of communicating with us as a vendor, uh, and I assume they did the same thing for their other vendor partners as well. So they uh, worked with us weeks in advance to make sure we knew what was happening, and they over-communicated to their virtual attendees to make sure that uh, everyone got to s had the opportunity to see the information in multiple ways and consume it in multiple forms. Yeah, true. Um, Sponsors or content. That's the thing that I, I'm, I'm kind of most uh, impressed about um, how they've handled their, 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 their sponsorship kind of promotion and, um, and turned it into their own content for their own platform. So, uh, and virtual was, uh, I think, the first week of August. So, um, we're recording this in the last week of September. And I'm still getting um, regular email communications uh, on behalf of having attended the in virtual event. And each one of those on a weekly cadence has just been um, another opportunity for them to uh, engage with, uh, with attendees to, to have one more reason to remind them that they were at uh, the virtual event, give them another index to think about a positive experience that they had. Um, and then they're also using it as an opportunity to kind of like roll out like a little bit of like a, a, a targeted email that is directed to each one of their sponsor partners. So it's, it's taking someone else's message that helped produce the event. So there's already that familiarity there but it's using, spreading, doing PR for someone else to make sure that you're still staying top of mind. Um, I think that that is an incredible um, business model for two reasons. One, we all need to have relevant stuff to say to our audience, um, but two, that's the way to really build um, just a ton of, uh, just a ton of empathy and integrity between you and your sponsor partners. Um, you know, for anyone that throws a live event and, and has, the lion's share of the operating budget for that event covered by sponsors. You know how important it is to make sure that they're happy uh, and that they're going to come back next year. And I think um, I think that, that there's probably a really good chance that everyone that's sponsored in virtual is going to be signing back up again because they got a lot uh, in return for their money. Hell yeah, they did. Yep. Uh, okay, so next up. So again, communication wins. Sponsors. Use them as content, create interesting emails built around it. You're going to keep people engaged and talking about your event long after it ended. Next up, listen to your partners. So chances are, if you are working with a vendor and they give you feedback or they give you ideas on how to best use their platform, they are coming from a, a place of wanting to help. Uh, no one wants to set you up for failure. Um, and chances are your vendor has used and interacted with uh, more events than you've gotten the opportunity to. So if you're an event professional, you've probably been heads down working on your event. I can tell you as an events vendor, I work with a ton of event professionals who's are, who are heads down working on their events. So I have the opportunity to not only see my platform um, used in a bunch of different ways and different manners and kind of learning what works and what doesn't work, but I also have the opportunity to speak to dozens of event professionals every single month and talk to them about what they're seeing in the industry uh, and what they've seen work and what they've seen not work. So, and I'm not alone. I am one of, again, thousands of, uh, of uh, event vendors across the country that has a lot of that information that they're kind of just sitting on and that I'm personally looking to share it with anyone I'm working with. So, um, Again, realize that when one of your vendors gives you uh, feedback or a tip, you don't have to do exactly what they say, but you should at least consider it and consider where it's coming from and maybe ask a few more questions about why they think that. Um, the one thing that MPI uh, and Paragon Events did really well uh, is they implemented uh, PixieWeb, our virtual event platform, uh, virtual photo booth platform, the exact way 
that we uh, we asked them to. And again, that's not because we think we know better than they do. It's because we've seen it fail and we've seen it succeed. And we've been able to communicate with the people who made it succeed and figure out what the commonalities were. Right. So all we're trying to do is share those commonalities. And they took that and ran with it and probably did an even better job than we were expecting. Um, and probably went above and beyond what we were expecting. And they sent out an email with the QR code and the link. They shared it in the virtual event platform as a button. They had their MC talk about it during the event. Uh, and they sent it out, I think, in an email two or three different times. And they got people excited about it and got people using it. So our virtual photo booth, PixieWeb, got a ton of play and a ton of engagement. And we're not the only vendor that had a bunch of engagement, a bunch of usage. I would say that's probably true for everyone that helped with the, uh, the in-virtual event. Because again, MPI and Paragon wanted to hear from us as a vendor how to best utilize our tool. And it led to success all around. Yeah, definitely. So best practices. Your partners know what they are for their for their thing, so don't ignore them. Um, next on the list is consistent branding. So uh, one of the things that uh, I've, I've found relatively striking, and I'm not sure that event um, professionals are thinking about it quite as much, uh, that haven't dipped their toe into to the virtual event, um, whatever platforms and spaces yet. But um, when it comes to branding, there is so much more real estate uh, that you are going to need to engage with. There's going to be so many more. Um, you know, types of content, whether it's uh, because of their aspect ratio or the file size, or the file type, or like, yeah. you have to upload this stuff into all these different places. And, you know, like, obviously it, it like, it's important because it looks good, right? And it feels good and it feels comprehensive and like a, like a fully realized kind of presentation. But the other thing that's really important is it's, it's the marquee under which all of your attendees can make sure that they're in the right place, right? So like every time there's an element of you know whether it's a breakout room or it's the main portal or it's the chat window or it's the pixie web virtual photo booth or it's the pixie web like shared photo galleries or you know whatever the you know your 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 quizzes or like your surveys or any of that stuff you want to make sure that you take that 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 beautiful um, event marketing that you came up with that is already you know probably on the Facebook page and it's the header on you know like the email marketing correspondence and and the landing page on the website like you want to make sure that you take all of that and you integrate it all the way through all of your you know if this is a hybrid event all your in real life as well as your virtual if it's just a virtual event you know make sure that you bring that element of branding and carry it through the entirety of the virtual event space because it's going to really um, not only act as a as a, um, a centralizing tool for your attendees, but also it's just going to make the event feel that much more wow and authentic and really realized unto itself. Yeah, and you might not realize it, but there's actually potentially more places for branding uh, with a virtual event than there are with in-person events. It's Absolutely. not just signage. It's literally every single page of your virtual event platform and every outside tool you're using could probably be white labeled, gray labeled, branded in some way, shape or form. So when you think about sponsorship opportunities, get outside the box with where uh, you can put a banner at or you can put a logo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, make sure that it's consistent across uh, the, the entire website because what you don't want is a really beautiful homepage and then every uh, page after that to be uh, a little drab. Yep. It just kind of takes away from the experience. Yeah. Um, so last, certainly not least, um, the takeaway. Successful education conferences are a thing. I should say, successful virtual education conferences are a thing. MPI and Paragon did a kick-ass job of making sure that 
the information was presented in really easily digestible ways, it was available in multiple formats, if you couldn't tune in for the whole thing, you could see recordings afterwards, you could download, you could download uh, the educational resources during, before, and after the events, uh, so that you were able to consume it in multiple different ways. Um, and everyone, again, I've spoken to felt like they had a really good takeaway, felt like it was a really successful event, and had uh, nothing but, you know, the warm and fuzzies. They had great things to say about it, which means they're probably going to come back next year when it's hopefully in person, or if it's a hybrid, or if it's virtual again, they'll probably be there again, uh, participating and learning and growing as professionals. And it's really what you want. You want repeat business and you want people out there singing your praises so that your total audience number continues to grow. Uh, that really is the easiestly, uh, most easily done through word of mouth and through happy customers or happy attendees in this case. So um, if you are planning an education conference or anything like that where information is going to be, information sharing is going to be the primary motivation of the event and you're concerned at all, Trust me when I say that it is definitely possible to have a successful virtual education conference and you should really consider at least giving it a go, even if it's on a smaller scale. Don't just postpone. Really think about how you can make it cool, a cool virtual experience for your community. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, before you go, if you could please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Your reviews help us find more listeners for our podcast, and your subscription ensures you get notified each day when we publish a new episode. So, until tomorrow, I'm Patrick Reif. And I'm Alex Glenn. Peace.